Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello and welcome back for another episode. Happy Wednesday. It is Wellness Wednesday when all the podcasts release. I don't know if you guys caught on to that. I love Wednesdays are just like my ultimate harnessing wellness education days. I record all my podcasts on Wednesdays. I release a new podcast on Wednesday. And I obviously know that sometimes people aren't listening to this on Wednesday, but that's just when all my wellness juices are flowing. So that's why I'm doing this on a Wednesday. But I wanted to start this week's episode by just reading a review And, um, this review was from Allie and five stars, incredible health advice. Dr. Haley is incredibly real and relatable in her education on all things wellness. She provides honest information and practical actionable steps to take in order to feel more in control of your own health. If you want to feel empowered to make healthier changes, this podcast is for you. Well, thank you so much, Allie. That review definitely made my day when I read it. So I really wanted to share it on here because this the words that she had said is kind of just why I do what I do. I am here to empower people because just throughout my journey and throughout my experience, uh, in achieving health, I, I feel there's not enough education and there's not enough empowerment out there. And, and again, that's, that's just a huge passion of mine. And that's, that's what I'm here on this earth to do. And I, I totally, and so strongly believe that, that I'm, I'm here doing exactly what, what I'm meant to be doing. And, and that feels freaking amazing. So as I'm recording this episode, I'm not outside today. The sun's not shining. It's a little windy, but I'm at my standing desk. I've got some essential oils going. I'm drinking some herbal tea and I'm ready. I'm ready for this week's episode. I'm ready to talk about all things health and wellness. And this week we're going to be talking all about ancestral living and ancestral health and how we can, how we've been so out of touch from how our genes are wired and how we can get back to that. So I know that this kind of, you know, people, when you talk about ancestral living and primitive health, people are like, well, that's funny because, you know, we're in 2020 and who cares what people were living like thousands of years ago. I I hear you. Like we have come such a long way. It's amazing where we are in terms of technology and all that we have at our fingertips. I mean, I'm recording this on a MacBook. I have, I love my iPhone. You know, I'm, I'm very thankful to technology and everything that we have, but I also understand that our genes haven't really changed much in, since we've evolved as humans. So I think that when we do talk about ancestral health, it's, that's, that's, I believe, the missing piece in our healthcare system and in, opt, in achieving optimal health as, as humans. I, I really, truly do believe that. And, and I want to give you today some actionable steps that you can take to, to really unlock that optimal health that otherwise is really just is missing. Um, that optimal health piece that, that really brings us back to our roots and brings us back to, to really how our genes were wired to live these past few years and not past few years, past hundreds and thousands of years. And, and I, I kind of want to break it down how, how we can get back to that way through food and how we can get back to that way through environment and community and all these things that our ancestor, our ancestors had and, and why they thrived. And, you know, if we look at chronic disease, I mean, chronic disease really didn't start to become super prevalent, whether it's because of increased testing or not, you know, 
until, you know, we look at the industrial revolution and all the technology advances there and potential toxins and all of that kind of stuff. And then we look at, you know, the 1900s and all throughout, throughout the century there is really when we got fake food and we got, you know, we became more disconnected with our environment and we became, you know, disconnected with people that we love. And, and I really, you know, you can think this sounds woo woo all you want, but woo woo is so true, true. And I will, I heard that the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. And it, it is true. You know, I've really become super interested in, you know, paleolithic movements and like a paleolithic style of eating. So um, if you guys are interested in stuff like this, I definitely recommend kind of looking into that, you know, I really like uh, Paul Saladino's work. He's the carnivore MD on Instagram. I I love Chris Kresser. He wrote The Paleo Cure, phenomenal book. And it's kind of talking a lot about these things that I'm going to be talking about today. And, and this is kind of what has sparked my interest. But what's crazy is now that I've become so in tune with, with all of these things that I'm going to talk about, how much better I feel. And then how like we we really want to crave these things that I'm going to be talking about. So once once you kind of unlock and kind of get away from this nuanced way of living. So if we think about food, you know, we we aren't we weren't designed to just be able to open our a fridge in the wild and just be like, "Okay, what do what would I like to choose today?" You know, that is a huge luxury that we have now just being able to walk to the grocery store and we have any pick from anything that we want. We can get things that are shipped in from Mexico and shipped over from California and things that are grown not locally and we can eat it whenever we want because that's just a luxury now that we have. You know, we don't have to make relationships with people. We don't have to, one, kill the animals that we're eating. Two, we don't even have to have any relation to the farmer that had those animals. We just go to the store and we pick up a package of meat. We are just unbelievably, you know, not... I don't know. I, my, my mom doesn't think that I'd be able to kill an animal, but I think that I've really been in touch with my ancestral roots. I think I could do it. I definitely think I could do it if I had to live. I definitely think I could. I love animals, but I, I do understand our importance of how, in my personal opinion, we, we are designed to eat animals. That's just how our dental dentistry is designed. That's how the enzymes that we have for digestion are designed. That is just how we are designed. So when we think about food, our ancestors would have kind of gone through times of feast and famine. You know, they would have had food available to them that they would have been able to eat. They would have eaten, had an adequate calories, but then there also would have been time in between meals, which that is one of the simplest ways that you can get back to ancestral eating because putting time in between your meals. Now you can snack all day long. You can snack you and constantly be eating. And, and I really do think that's, that's hindering us in, in many, many ways, apart from, you know, the whole insulin thing and that hormone rabbit hole, but we aren't giving ourselves time to digest and utilize our nutrients, which is something that our ancestors did not because they knew that it helped their digestion, which it does, but because they just didn't have any other option. You know, they, they would eat and they would go through times of not eating. So that's why I do, I do wonder if that's why I do feel great fasting because of, of, you know, mimicking that, 
the genes that were turned on during those times and all the different benefits that you'd get from that. Apart from that, they weren't eating the same things all the time. You know, I, when I'm talking with clients and patients about, okay, what do you eat? You know, oh, it's pretty much the same thing every day. You know, it's broccoli, you know, spinach in my egg, this, 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 like same foods. And I was like, okay, so you pretty much eat that every day. Yeah. Like, and you can think about it, you know, when you go to the grocery store, most people just pick up the con- the same things day in and day out. Don't really think about it. Well, that's, again, taking us so far back to primitively how we would have eaten, you know, um, one, when I going back to the whole grocery store thing, we have a huge luxury of just being able to buy whatever the heck we want whenever we want. But that's really not advantageous to on a health purpose, because one, we're missing that lack of diversity. We're not eating things that our bodies are kind of meant to be eating what nature's telling us is in season. We're just, we're forcing it. We're, oh, you know, it's middle of January. I'm going to down a whole thing of strawberries. Not that that's a horrible thing. Like that's still a better food choice, but I'm just saying, and that during that time, like our body's not really one that's not in season. So who knows where that shift from? Um, but so seasonal eating is a huge way that I recommend people really get back to back to achieving optimal health. One, it's going to force you to try different things because, foods aren't in season all the time, you know? Um, you know, I think of my personal staples and I'm just going to say that I'm not perfect. And until, you know, the last kind of six months, five, six months or so, I totally, I totally was not eating seasonally as much as I am now. I'm, I'm more of a psycho now, whereas I'm not buying a single thing, vegetable produce wise or meat wise at the grocery store. So I'm kind of on like the extreme ends of the spectrum, but because I have all the options to be able to buy it locally, talk to the farmers, get to know them, support them, and try things that are local and in season and are fresh. And gosh, the if you haven't had, if you don't eat what's in season, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out. The flavor is impeccable compared to what you'd buy in the grocery store that's shipped from Timbuktu. The nutrient profile of these foods is much better because the farmer is picking it and giving it to you. It's not picking it treating it with chemicals, sitting on a truck to preserve it, and then getting to your grocery store where it's then still sitting. It's being picked and it's given to you to eat. So we are getting a lot more nutrients that way. And you're also getting a lot more diversity. So, you know, when I was talking where in the middle of the summer, I don't know if I was mentioning this on the podcast or my Instagram, but you know, spinach wasn't in season. And that was something where I would have that all the time. I loved spinach, but it wasn't in season. It's too hot you know, it's not going to grow. So I had to force, I was forcing to eat other things, things that, you know, otherwise I might not have eaten some bitter greens were, um, I tried a few different bitter greens that I did end up really liking, but then those go out of season and things change, you know, so my, my palate has one had to change. I've had to come up with new ways of, of cooking different foods that, that otherwise I probably wouldn't have really looked at. And it's really, you, I, 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 I can't, I guess share this for sure, but it definitely is diversifying my microbiome. And I guess I can tell because I, my gut feels good. I mean, I don't experience digestive issues. I I haven't really in a long time, but you know, it's the different kinds of food that we're putting in our bodies is really, really important. And that's a huge way that you can get back to ancestral living and variety and all those different types of things, along with um, nutrient deficiencies. You're covering different nutrient deficiencies, the more types of food that you're consuming, because our, you know, we wouldn't have just consumed, I only eat cauliflower, spinach, and kale and nothing else. Like, 
back in the day, you know, whatever was there would have been eaten because they understood the importance of it. So um, I think that that's really important. And so is no satale eating, which is something that I'm definitely getting a lot more into now. So no satale is using the full animal, using the nutrients of the full animal. Um, and I, I truly do believe that's where majority of our nutrient deficiencies lies because we eat chicken breasts, we eat 90, 10 or 95, five ground beef. We eat, you know, sirloin steak, you know, 90, 10 turkey, ground turkey and, you know, eggs. Like there's no diversity in that meat. That's mainly muscle meat, which is still great. And I'm never going to shame people for eating that way, but where's the other part of the animal? Where's, where's the bone marrow? Where's, you know, the chicken thighs or, you know, chicken liver, beef liver, you know, you you can get a little bit more extreme with it, but we are, we're really only boneless. We're in such like a boneless, skinless, fatless, meatless society where we are, we are missing out on a huge panel of nutrition, in my opinion, you know, organ meats, bones, the skin, all of that type of stuff is so filled with nutrients that we are missing out on when we're just consuming one specific part of animal meat. So, um, I think that that's really important. And so when I say nose to tail, I'm thinking as much of that animal as possible. So, you know, if you get a full chicken, go get a full chicken at the grocery store, cook up the full chicken, you know, use all the meat and then save the bones and you can make the bones for bone broth. So easy. That's, that's honestly how I kind of got into this whole thing was just getting a full chicken, eating all of it in one way or another, and then saving the bones, making the bones or bone broth, bone broth. Cause you're getting the glycine, the collagen, the, you know, essential minerals, all of that kind of stuff, um, into a different form of nutrition that I would not get otherwise, you know, I wouldn't typically eat stuff like that or, you know, cooking meat within the bone is just another way to extract a lot more nutrients that would have definitely been done primitively. You know, it's not like our ancestors are like, Oh no, no, just make sure you just get this, the skinless boneless breasts from that chicken and just make sure that there's no ounces of fat on it. I mean, that's not how we were really trained to eat in my opinion. And you obviously at the end of the day have to do what feels best for you, but I can tell you from a nourishment standpoint, I have literally never felt more nourished in my entire life than I do when I'm eating as much as many different diverse parts of the animal and as much of the animal as possible. So I've really gotten into liver recently. So eating liver super high in riboflavin, which is really devoid in muscle meat. Um, you know, it's also super high in other B vitamins. It's high in just tons of different nutrients that, that you wouldn't otherwise get in muscle meat. So it is kind of like the, o, it's kind of the OG superfood. Um, eating no satale because, you know, it's, it's giving you all of these nutrients otherwise might be lacking if you're just having kind of more certain parts of, of the animal. Uh, and then, you know, I am kind of exploring more into that. Like I, I know that I want to try some beef heart. I want to try, I don't know, maybe one day I'll get into brains. I don't really have a big thing for kidney, but we'll, we'll get in there. I'm, I'm really doing good with the liver and I can tell you right now, I feel it is one of the most nourishing foods that you can feel when you're eating it. And so I'll just prepare it, mixing it with, you know, ground beef or something like that. Um, mixing it in with a burger, uh, is a really easy way to kind of mix it in there. So it's not like you're just eating straight liver. I also like Trader Joe's has a great liver pate that I am loving. I also think that's a very fun word to say. 
pate. Super fun. But um, yeah, so food wise, really great ways that you guys can get back to more ways that your genes are craving is to eat seasonally, eat what's in season. And I know winter is going to be hard. And, and traditionally during times of winter, you know, it would have been more of like a ketosis style. You know, there's not berries and there's not vegetables and stuff. And, you know, go at your own pace and go to what you feel good eating. But I think that if you can get things from your local farmers in the spring, summer and fall, do it as much as you possibly can because your nutrition and your body will thank you for it. There's a lot more nutrients and you'll feel so much better. You know, try to try to eat different parts of the animal, get different cuts of meat. That's a great way to start. If you're a chicken breast person, now do chicken thighs or do, you know, chicken thighs with the bone in or, you know, porterhouse steaks with a bone in them or T-bone steaks with a bone in them or just different cuts that, you know, ribs and chuck roast, things that you just otherwise probably wouldn't get that you're going to get more nutrient with bone, uh, anything bone in, especially if it's high quality grass fed pasture raised is very important. Uh, like grass fed, grass finished, making sure it's organic because, you know, heavy metals do hide in bone. So, so source is very important with that. But, um, you know, maybe ask your butcher, you know, Hey, do you, can you grind up some chicken liver? Chicken liver is more mild than beef liver. Um, you know, it's all about asking. And if you guys have questions on kind of how I got started, I'm kind of, I can, I'm, I'm hoping to share some of that on the podcast platform because I, I am new to it. I'm not an expert. Um, you know, last summer I definitely was still buying produce at the grocery store. And this year I just kind of become, became a little bit more rigid and was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see, make sure we get enough nutrition in and we are doing, we are doing great. We are doing a bunch of different things that probably otherwise I wouldn't have tried. I'm, you know, eating nose to tail, uh, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. So I'll, I'll continue to be transparent about that on the podcast and share all that with you guys. Um, so other ways that, that we can get back to, to this, this type of living that I really think our genes are craving is through our environment. So, you know, um, in today's, in today, you know, we are constantly living in this like beautiful and perfect homeostasis of 72 degrees air conditioned or 72 degree heated, whatever, uh, house, like our temperature, we're never being challenged with temperatures unless you work out and you train and you sweat or you go outside in the winter and you get cold, we're never being challenged with different temperatures, which is a positive stressor on the body. So that's why I'm a huge advocate of sauna use and then cold plunging. So a sauna use sweat, and then immediately take an ice cold shower or an ice cold bath, because those type of stressors really mimic, uh, things that we would have been exposed to in the environment. You know, our ancestors didn't sleep in perfect cooled air conditioned or perfectly vented, you know, rooms that were conducive to sleeping. And we are thankful for that now that we can be so in control of what we're comfortable doing. But that's why I'm not saying that we need to go sleep outside all the time, but I'm saying that that's why it's really important to include these little acute stressors into our day temperature wise that would have otherwise mimic what our ancestors kind of had went through. So huge advocate of sauna use, huge advocate of cold showers, Um, you know, that's definitely something that I will do daily is a a ice cold shower all the way cool. And you just do just kind of get used to it and you do feel great. It's a really great acute stressor. Um, but it, it's not overstressing your body. It's a, it's a really, it's very good for the immune system and all that other kind of stuff. Also, we are spending significant less time outside than our ancestors would have that lived outside. We are spending as average as Americans about 15 minutes outside. That is pathetic absolutely pathetic. And I get it. You know, you work 
eight to five, you come home, you cook dinner, you whatever, you hang out, watch TV, and then you go to bed. There's the, the 15 minute time outside is probably the commute to and from your car and going to your mailbox. It's about 15 minutes, probably. I don't know. Maybe your commute to your car is probably three minutes. I don't, I really don't even know. But if, if you want to do one thing to start getting back to more ancestral living, and that is just spending more time outside, if you can take your shoes off and put your feet on the earth, that's even better. Grounding is essential. It's how we really get in touch with the earth's magnetic energy, which is a thing. It's not woo woo. It's true, true. And, uh, you know, it's, I can tell you from experience because I spend a majority of time when I can outside, what a difference it makes on my mental health, what a difference it does make on my physical health. Um, I am significantly less stressed whenever I'm outside. I, I just feel better. We have a treadmill that I bought last winter cause it was weirdly, it was a weird winter. It was, it was very, very cold. And I, and I just really enjoy walking. So if I was on the phone working or something, I could still, you know, not make my phone die, but still move. But I, I really didn't use it that much. I would just put on gloves, hats, bundle up, and I would go outside because I just, that is where I feel the absolute best. I feel the best outside. I think that's why I love this Florida room here because even when I'm inside, I feel like I'm outside. I, um, that's, this is where I'm recording my podcast. The ones where we have all sliding doors and it looks to our backyard. And I I definitely crave being outside and I'm sure having Tala helps, but when we, you know, whenever we go up to the mountains and we climb high peaks, we're outside from seven in the morning until, I don't know, five, four or five at night. And then we're still outside because we'll walk to dinner. Uh, and I can tell you that those weekends, although I'm exhausted, I'm incredibly recharged. Um, I just feel that that's, that's where I just feel best being. So the more that you can get outside, go explore your local nature trails, go, go explore. Even if you live in a concrete jungle, just getting, get out where there's trees and where you can put your feet on some grass, because that is just a huge, sad reality that we're so becoming out of touch with, with mother nature. And and it does have an impact on our health. It's definitely correlated with, um, you know, anxiety, depression, and just other chronic diseases. Those who spend more time outside have less likelihood of chronic disease, whether that's because they're exercising outside or spending time outside the, you know, it's, it's kind of inconclusive, but you can be the judge and you can kind of attest to that. So another part of the environment is, you know, again, we're super lucky. I would not be able to record and post and do all the things on social media and the internet that I would without Wi-Fi. but that's EMF and all of these radiation things that we're being exposed to. I do just wonder how much of an impact does this have on our health? You know, I'm, I'm thankful that we have it. I, I'm not bashing that we have it. I, I'm happy that it's here because I wouldn't be able to do, to do my job without it. But I, I do just wonder, you know, we are more connected, connected, quote unquote, with people. But yeah, I feel that we are more unconnected than ever. You know, social media is so great. I love it. I've been able to meet a lot of people. That's where I do a lot of my work. Same with podcasting. I love it. But it's only one part of connecting with people, you know, and, and I think that in this world of technology, you know, most people can't put their phone away. I go out to dinner and I see a family sitting there and kids are on their iPads and adults are on their phones. And I think that that's a huge thing of health that we're missing out on is we just cannot be disconnected. And, and this is coming from someone whose majority of my work is on my phone. 
I cannot wait to put it down at the end of the day. I can't, I turn it, I put it on Wi-Fi. I put it on airplane mode. I turn my Wi-Fi off and it is off. And I unplug our house Wi-Fi to decrease EMF. And yeah, I mean, it's psycho, but God, I, it's amazing. And if you haven't done it, and if you are the people who are around your phone when you're around your loved ones, just try putting it away. We need to start doing more of what keeps us on our phone less. And that is, again, coming from someone who I do well and I do a lot of what I do on social media. And I and I, I think that we need to be on our phones less. I do. I think that I do. I just it, it's, it's created anxiety where people need to constantly look at their phone and we need to get these dopamine hits of likes and messages and comments and and, and I, I'm, I don't know. I just, I, I really think that I, I, we can still use what we have, but you know, when you're going out to dinner and it's the first thing you're pulling out or, you know, you're, that's what you're pulling out when you're around your friends or your loved ones. I mean, it's kind of time to kind of reevaluate. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's obviously a huge pet peeve of mine. I do not like when people are on their phones, people will not be on their phones at our wedding. I want to collect all of them. I just, I, I just feel so recharged when I'm with my family. I don't like being on them. I won't be on them if we're doing something. And it, I, that's a very easy way to get back to reality. That's why, again, I think why I love when I hike, I, it's a way it's, I don't look at it. I don't answer messages. I maybe take it out, take a picture and then I put it back. Um, so if you want to get into touch with your environment, start exposing yourself to those natural stressors, hot, learn how to sweat, learn how to be uncomfortable with being warm and let your body perspire. One, it's how you detox. And two, that's your, it's, you need to, we need to constantly, or we can't constantly be in this perfect homeostasis. We need to be in this fluctuating pattern. And I do think those acute stressors have really great health impacts on the body. We need to spend more time outside, more time on, in contact with the earth, in contact with nature, whether you garden, you walk, you hike, you play with your dog, you just lay in the grass, whatever, meditate in the grass. I don't care what you do outside, just do it. And then we need to spend less time on our devices, significantly less time. So those are my things with that. And then we'll move into community. Whereas when we were, you know, tribal, uh, you know, think back to our ancestors, we were more tribal beings. You know, we were connected with people, you know, we were connected with our tribe and, you know, we can now equate that to our family and people that we surround ourselves by and people who have same, you know, drives and same and, and enjoy doing the same things that we like to do. Um, but that's kind of going back to my part before where we're more connected than ever on social media, but we are less connected in person as a community. And I think that with the virus and not being able to be around people that we loved, I mean, that definitely had serious health implications. Community is a huge aspect of health. It's a huge aspect of the immune system, huge aspect of health. I can't say it enough. And, you know, it's super, super important to, to connect with people that you care about and, you know, find ways to, to see them and be around people that you love. And that's, I think why I do crave family time so much is just because that's my tribe and that's people who, who I love the most and why I crave that time is because it, it recharges me. And, and I think that we need more of that, whether that's your family or your friends or people that you just have really awesome and common bonds with the health implications that come out of that are insane. I mean, the way I walk away from, you know, whether it's a family vacation, a time spent with my family, a family weekend or a trip. Like when I went on my bachelorette trip, I came back and felt amazing. I didn't break out from, you know, sugar I had eaten or drinks I had had. I, I came back. I didn't hold water weight because the, the, the anti-stress component of being with my tribe and being with my community of people and girls that I love so much 
had more of a profound impact than anything else. And I think that's a huge testament of health. And we are tribal beings and we're meant to be in community. And, and now in these days, especially, especially now more than ever, you know, we're not. And that's why I always love being part of a team and playing sports because, you know, whether all those girls were exactly like me, it was still a tribe and we still had a common bond and there was still that community aspect, which is so, so, so important. So building that tribe, building that community and really making that a non-negotiable in your health. You know, I know that a lot of my best girlfriends, they don't, they don't live around me, but we do whatever we can to, to still create that community. And, you know, thankfully our family does live somewhat close to us on both sides with Nick's parents and my parents. And, you know, being, having that family time is, is definitely a non-negotiable for us. And it's a huge pillar to our health. And I think it's so important to, to connect with people and connect with your tribe and huge, huge aspect of health that I do think that people are missing out on, you know, um, you know, cut out you some, it's not worth being around people that don't serve you. Um, but it's, it is a huge aspect to have people around you who do boost your energy, who do, you know, make you better and who do make you just feel more fulfilled. And that's, that's your tribe. And that's the type of people that you need to be around. And that's period. End of story. That's, that's why these three things are really kind of basic things that I think that, that we're missing. Um, you know, our genes in the last few thousands of years have not changed that much. Uh, they've adapted mutations and SNPs and things due to environmental and dietary changes. But apart from that, our genes really haven't changed that much. And I do think that all of this is a huge piece of what we're missing out on. And one kind of thing I did kind of forget to touch on was kind of a sleep topic of, you know, how to kind of get in tune with your circadian rhythm and improve your sleep. And, you know, I've talked about this before, exposing yourself to natural light, you know, first thing in the morning and the more that you can get outside, it's going to help regulate that circadian rhythm. And then at the end of the day, lower lights around around the house, similar to like how our ancestors would have had, you know, campfire, um, is the main source of light, you know, that warm type of light, like a Himalayan pink salt or like a very warm non led light and how, how it's crazy how sensitive I am. Like, I don't want bright things on, I want warmer things and, and how it does resemble a campfire and how that does make me feel. And it's just, it's just crazy. I don't know if it's just because I just now know way too much that I know that the other stuff is bad or if it really does just feel good because that's just what our body is meant to do and meant to be around. So, um, definitely focusing on stuff like that can have, can have really great impacts on your health and longevity and just things that, you know, I I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys some pretty simple tips that you could incorporate and work on and strive on to, you know, get back in touch with and what your genes are really looking for in terms of health and, and how you can optimize that. So I wanted to kind of talk about that. Some Again, I would definitely recommend reading The Paleo Cure. It's a phenomenal book. I have it here on my little shelf. It was it was great. Um, Deep Nutrition is also really good by Dr. Kate, uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan. Great book. Uh, I love those. Those are both really good books. There's lots of different podcasts and, you know, literature out there on ancestral living and, and all that kind of stuff. But those are two great places to start, especially... Uh, if you're just kind of getting into this and how you can get back in touch with all of that kind of stuff. And I wanted, I was hoping this podcast would be maybe a wake up for some people to, who are kind of interested by stuff like this on how you can expand 
more into into things like that, you know. Uh, so that is going to conclude today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, I hope that this wasn't too, like, out there and too... I don't think it was too woo-woo. I feel like it makes makes a lot of sense, but maybe that's just me. But I hope you guys enjoyed it nonetheless, and I hope that maybe you can take some of these t- tips, start to implement them, even if it's just spending less time on your gosh darn phone. Like, please... I'm so sick of like, and this is again, coming from someone who works on her phone. I'm so sick of seeing people on our phones all the time. <laughs> you know, there's a time and a place for sure. But, uh, it, it, when you're around people you love and 24 seven, you know, like it's, I just wonder the implications that it's having on our health, but, um, implement some of these tips in and see how you feel, see how you feel eating seasonally or not eating all the time. And, you know, exposing your body to different temperatures, like getting warm and sweating during a workout and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Oh, I didn't even talk about movement because that could be its own thing. I just literally thought of it, but back to the environmental thing, our ancestors moved. That's where 10,000 steps a day kind of came from is because our ancestors would have walked about six miles a day. So we aren't meant to be couch potatoes. We aren't meant to be sedentary. We are meant to move and that's period end of story so get some more movement in throughout your day tap into those ancestral ways of living see how you feel and you won't look back once you start to feel amazing I can promise you that so I hope that you guys enjoy this episode I'm finally concluding it hope you guys have a great rest of your day thank you so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week (laughs) 